putting out five projects in one year is no easy task, but my guest today made it look like it was nothing. Joining me this week on the Bar for Bar podcast is San Francisco's Troy LLF. Hey, 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 what's going on, man? What's going on? Appreciate Thank that. You. A lot of work, a lot of work in this year. Of course. Thank you for joining me. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. I know you just dropped uh, Free Play 4. This was a whole different sort of uh, release for you, for sure. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. Just, you know, you know, we, we bring something different, bring it a different vibe, man. You know, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been decent so far, you know, something different for sure. Uh, that's what's up. Um, but before we get straight into your projects this year and the music, uh, let's, let's take a step back and uh, talk about some of your influences in terms of music and in terms of, like, your career in general as a person. Right, right. Um, I think just, you know, influence, uh, man, growing up, you know, I played basketball and everything. So, you know, I was huge on like sports and stuff like that. So a lot of my influences were like Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, even Kobe Bryant to an extent, you know, as I got older and stuff, just, you know, their will to win, you know, the work they put in and stuff just to be where they were. And then once I started getting the music and everything was like, you know, um, my father used to be around. And stuff like that. So, you know, I used to hear a lot of music when I was young, growing up uh, from the NWAs to, you know, listening to the R&Bs, you know, and that's why, you know, sometimes you listen to my music, you know, I, it's got a real R&B mesh to it and stuff like that because I was heavy on R&B growing up and stuff like that. So, you know, as I got older, kind of listening to like the Mace, the mm-hmm. Fabulous, you know, the, uh, you know, the Jay-Z's and everything with the smooth talk and stuff like that, that kind of just, you know, influenced a lot of my music and everything growing up so that's what's up um how did or do you feel like growing up in san francisco had an impact on the music at all uh absolutely absolutely i think um you know in san francisco is different you know in the bay area and stuff like the bay as a whole has its own style and everything but i think san francisco you know we got our own style when it comes to a lot of stuff we kind of stand out because i mean if you really think about it we're kind of like on this side of the bridge, you know, and then everywhere else, like Richmond, Oakland, you know, the Berkeley's, they're all on that side of the bridge together, Vallejo and San Francisco, we kind of stand alone a lot. So I think we kind of like, you know, have a lot of cultural influence within ourselves from the music scene to just, you know, the tourism, just the, you know, the, the, this side of the bridge is different, you know, (laughs) being around the San Queens, the big riches, uh, messy Marvs and stuff like that, you know, the lingo is different, you know, the attitude is different for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I had um, like, because I grew up on the, in the East Bay, but um, I spent a lot of time in San Francisco, like, because I just okay. had like a business out there for a minute. So I was, I was there for almost seven years. <laughs> so I definitely had like, I noticed that <laughs> like, it's definitely a different feel for sure. Right, right, right. Um, now getting into, well, last year now, um, what made you set out to put out five projects? Um, it was something I wanted to, you know, I just wanted to push myself, you know, I was like, I've been putting out music and stuff like that. I've been doing music for, uh, since about 2008, you know, and I just kind of was like, man, you know, what can I do that's different? That's going to kind of get people's attention, um, besides making good music. Cause you know, out here nowadays, it's like so many people put out so much music, so many songs, so much, you know, content and everything. It's like, okay, you got to kind of keep up. But at the same time, when you keep it up, it's like, you got to make sure you make the quality. And I'm big on, um, you know, I'm big on, on quality over quantity. But at the same time, it's like, man, if I can give you all quantity, but still make it quality, you know, how can I do that? So I think at the top of the year, um, honestly, to keep it real, it was like it kind of almost happened by accident, I'll say. Mm-hmm. 
but it was something that mentally I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. But last year, I think um, I was supposed to drop Poster Boy Short 2 for Thanksgiving. Uh, I had a problem, had a problem with the artwork and everything. Um, and it actually just pushed me a little longer. So it was late. I missed my release date. And I ended up like, man, okay, I'm gonna try and drop it for Christmas. And then I just, something just was like, like man, nah, let's just hold on to it. Um, so when I held on to it, I held on to it, we dropped it in January. And then when I, I dropped it in January, I had the idea of dropping Muse music, you know, in February, you know, um, me and my artist uh, that I'm working with, Yassi, me and him were working on a project together we were just you know collaborating on a lot of songs and we was like man let's put out some more music especially valentine's day is coming <laughs> and really it just it just was like man you know what i got an idea to put out all this music this year like what is my timeline gonna look like so what i started doing is um i just started putting pieces together putting projects together i got to like february and music music was out and i was like man i gotta drop five because i already dropped two so right. <laughs> dropping three you know dropping three in the next 10 months that shouldn't that shouldn't be a problem and then boom, the pandemic happened. Yeah. You feel me? And then when the pandemic happened, you know, it closed a lot of studios. It closed a lot of um, things. I literally had a video shoot lined up that week that we were, you know, yeah, man, we got got hit with the shelter in place and was like the place that we we're supposed to be shooting that closed. They were like, oh, no, nah, I can't let you guys come in here. We can't do it. And it was like, damn. So it kind of, it made us recalibrate a little bit. You know, we had to sit there and be like, okay, so what are we going to do? We can't drop these visuals that we're shooting. So we got to figure it out. Because, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, nobody knew how yeah. long it was going to last. Mm-hmm. We didn't know how really how serious it was. We had shows planned and we had to cancel. And it was like, man, okay, well, our studio still is open because, you know, it's deemed essential. Okay. So it was like, man, we're getting our essential bag and let's, yeah. let's make sure we get this music recorded. You feel me? So that's how uh, Tell Death Do Us Part 2 ended up coming apart because I had a music and everything lined up for it. And I was just like, man, you know what, here, let's just turn this into that project, you feel me, and let's just push. And then with Muse Music 2 and um, and the Free Play 4, you know, as the year went on, it was like, man, we right here, we got to make sure we knock these out and let's do it, you feel me? So we made sure we made that. Then a couple years ago, I think um, Mozzie, I seen Mozzie do it back in like 2015. Mm-hmm. He just was putting out music, you know, a lot of the, he had, uh, I'm not sure exactly what all the projects were, but I know it was around that time. You know, Blotter was like his big, yeah. Like that was his thing. That's that's what took him off and stuff. And I seen that and I witnessed it. And it was like, man, I've been listening to a lot of Mozzie this year. I look back and I'm like, damn, he dropped five albums this year. He, he was killing it. Then yeah. I seen, you know, uh, the artist uh, NBA Youngboy. Mm-hmm. He started doing it. He was dropping a video a week. Uh, you know, mixtape here, mixtape there. And I was like, man, okay, they grinding, but they just putting out a lot of music and it's a lot of good music. So what I did, I was like, man, if I want to be, you know, mentioned with the elites and stuff like that, I got to start making, you know turning my work ethic up a little bit and you know and, and make it happen so here we are that's what's up i mean like it definitely shows that you're putting in that effort too because the quality is there for sure like there's definitely artists out there who will put out tons of music and there's nothing to really show for it or it's not right, right. up to what most people would expect from them but uh based on what i'm i've been hearing <laughs> It definitely shows that you've been putting in that work for it. Right, right. Uh, I I haven't gotten a full chance to go back and listen to all the other projects you li- uh, put out this year, but um, from what I've heard, yeah, no, it's dope. No, um, it's dope, man. Whenever you get, man, whenever you get a chance, uh, it's okay. good music. You know, this is one thing that I kind of tell people sometimes. I was like, if you um, what you do is sometimes. I mean, this is just you know all personal because mm-hmm. for me, I listen to music sometimes. <laughs> I go listen to my own music and I will listen to them in order. 
So mm-hmm. I go listen to, you know, this year it was supposed to be Detroit 2. You start with that, five songs, uh, songs, yeah, then uh, music, music, six songs. Then I'm listening to Tell Devil's Part, ten songs. Music, music, two. It's like what it is, is basically you can hear the progression yeah. on the record and everything. So I tell people, I mean, if you want to listen to it, listen to it like that. I mean, you know, take you some time. It's good music. I'm, you know, I, I don't feel like you're going to be in there skipping stuff. And be like, mm-hmm. I don't want to listen to it. You know, so, you know, I think whenever you get some time, man, take, take a listen to it that way. Oh, yeah. No, for sure do it that way. That's actually what I try to do for the most part whenever like, I start getting into different artists. Like, I go, like, all right, let's start at the beginning <laughs> and right, see where right. they're at now. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it was just unfortunate timing because, like, when I was about to start listening to it, uh, the news that Doom passed away came up, and I've just been oh, on that right. binge. So, <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, rest in peace. And alone, man, that was, that was crazy. A lot of people dying and stuff, man. That's just, yeah. You know? I mean, it it happens. I mean, you know, only thing promises death. So, right. you know, yeah. it's not really too surprising. Sometimes it's just surprising when it just keeps on happening as a pattern. And exactly. you'll be so young. It's like, damn, does anybody make it to old age anymore? Right. It feels like it for sure. <laughs> right. Um, with the other projects that you dropped this year, though, um, how would we do like a quick rundown or like a synopsis on like, what the ideas behind them were? So like mm-hmm. with Poster Boy, Troy 2, uh, I mean, obviously that was a follow-up to the original, but. Uh, what else did you have in mind going into it? Um, well, what I had in mind going into it, it was just like, uh, you know, me and um, me and my cousin, uh, who he's my manager, my manager as well, um, Skino mm-hmm. and stuff. So what me and him just do, we sit in the studio a lot, we work. But then, you know, like I said, I met my cousin. So I, we, you know, we family, we sit there and we talk a lot every day about music and stuff. And, you know, I kind of just like, I ask people like, what do they want to hear from me, you know? So a lot of people sometimes it's like, okay, cool. I got the records for the ladies and stuff, which is great, you know, but the fellas like, man, come on, man, you got to give us some more rap. You know, you got to be rapping. We want to hear you do this. We want we want them to know you can rap. It's cool. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think, you know, with the poster boy image and everything, it's kind of like, okay, cool. We kind of took on a persona of, you know, mm-hmm. poster boy, Troy, poster boy, Troy, you know, is the, you know, he's the, the the guy that can rap he's the the poster boy for what hip-hop is you feel me mm-hmm. to where it's like it's the evolution it's the bars it's the you know the boom bap but then we also put some flair on it because we still had you know songs like um so much pressure which was a great you know intro track for me and then on there i had one of my young artists uh that i was working with at the time you know kalia and i put her on there so what it did is allow me to be able to play you know the you know kind of the Jay-Z, when Jay-Z was uh, doing, you know, Life and Times and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where it was like, okay, cool, this is Jay-Z, this is the lyricist, but he also has other people that he's putting in position, you know. But I think just overall with that, it's just more just rap. It's not really too many, like, club songs or anything like that, but it's a real hip-hop feel where people can ride and people can, you know, look at me and look at, okay, the Poster Boy series, he's going to come on here and rap for us for real. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. And, okay, cool. So, like, that's just your, like the series that you're going to go in and just wrap your ass off basically <laughs> right right i mean you know still gonna make great songs and everything right. like that but it's like you know it's not gonna be you know um and then if we can i can like switch to the muse music so this mm-hmm. is why I de- you know i dedicated the muse music to you know specifically the r&b mesh tracks right. you know hip-hop r&b because it's like okay this is muse music this is the art for the, for the ladies the ladies are the muse you feel me so it's the music for, it basically you know it's the, it's the music for the art for the work right. of art, you know, that we want to call our women and everything. So whatever, however you want to look at it, it's like, okay, cool. It's got some that's going to be up-tempo dance records, but then we got some also, you know, some smooth stuff that we can lay back to, kick to 
and you can put it on there with an R&B record and everything, and it's seamless, like a like straight to the point, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. So, you know, I think just being able to have a balance, you know, a healthy balance, and then me really just finding a way to, you know, to give everybody something without, you know, oversaturating with one. Like, I don't want to try and do something and put together a project and have uh, it be just a big gumbo pot, which is like sometimes <laughs> it's good, but everybody don't like gumbo. You right. know, so I, I try and make sure I have something for my audience where I can always feed them. For sure. Yeah, it definitely sounds like, um, I mean, you have an audience who likes different styles of your own music. So having different projects to kind of like for those people, like, it mm-hmm. makes sense because I, I have definitely had listened to a lot of projects this year and like before where it's just like 30 songs and I'm like, all right, well, I like yeah, this yeah. section right here, <laughs> but like, I'm, but I understand why they do it, but it's also like, it's kind of a turnoff sometimes too. Right. Right. And I think just to, just to add to that is like, but that's also why, like, if you look back at some of the songs, like in my catalog, once I kind of figured out the, you know, the short versions of the music and stuff like that, like I might listen to songs and I'm like, man, I only like me and my brother was talking about, um, Drake Scorpion album the other day and he was like man I don't know I, I don't really like it and I was like what do you mean that album was dope and he was like nah man he, he you know he kind of said the songs that he liked but then he was like I don't know that whole second half it was like mm-hmm. I didn't really like these songs and I was like damn so we looked at the playlist I mean at the track list and we compiled it to like maybe like 12 songs I was like man if he would have did this he was like nah it would have been a classic if he would have just did that and it's like sometimes you know less is more you feel me sometimes you don't have to go out there and throw you know, 30 songs, like, man, here go five. You can like right. these five. If you like them, cool. If you don't, all right, cool. Give me a sec. Boom, I got another five for you. How about these? Mm-hmm. So, like, even if you look at poster boards for a two in Muse music, it's like, they're the complete, like, polar opposites. Like, this song has, you know, a lot of, you know, rapping, deep cuts and stuff like that. And then Muse music has all just smooth records all the way through, you know? So it's like, if you didn't like this, cool, maybe this is for you and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you also mentioned that those uh, those two albums were a little bit shorter, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. like five and six tracks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that Keep I feel definitely down. helps out too, because um, this is something I was talking to uh, Champ with last week, and he was saying like, "Yo, like I keep it short because people got a short attention span." <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, and you were talking about it too with the music. Like, people be listening. Like, people's listening habits are completely different. Like having a shorter album or project definitely is easier for people to get into because like well now people don't really be driving to work but when they do it's usually a fairly quick drive so having something that they can listen to front to back in that drive is definitely helpful but also like nowadays since everyone's home having a project that's like just under 30 minutes it's perfect (laughs) perfect yeah and then i mean sometimes i mean i'm a person that likes to listen to music you know I, i listen to a lot of uh albums if the album drops i'm listening to it front to back because i want to see what i like number one and then if it's like if it's too many songs depending on if how much i like it i might not get to the end of it you know Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay cool if i keep it short what it does is it gives people a chance to hear what they like within the first five songs six songs and if they don't like it whatever you know they can pick what they don't like you feel me and they can keep it moving but if they really like it you know for streaming purposes sometimes shit it's like they're gonna run it back if they like it they're gonna listen to it a couple times or they're gonna go to this song specifically and it's going to get, you know, it's a shorter distance from this song to that song now. So they don't have to wait if they want to listen to three songs. It's like, okay, well after that third song, it's going back to the first <laughs> one you like. So, you know, 
Yeah, it's a lot easier for people to be like, all right, I'll just listen to the whole thing again. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know. And that's really what we want. I mean, I want people to be like, I mean, we grew up in the era of, you know, music and albums and everything. Like, first album, you know, that I bought, I think, like, was like Missy Elliott. She had that album, um, The Real World. Mm-hmm. Like, I bought that album when I was, like, in sixth grade or something. I had a CD player, everything. And I was like, man, I had some money. And I went in the, uh, the record store, and I was like, man, what do I want? <laughs> And I was like, I don't even know what I want. I never bought a CD by myself. So I went and was like, man, I'm going to buy this, Misty Elliott. I'm going to rock with Misty. And I listened to that album every day until I got a new one. You feel me? Yeah. But it was like 10, 13 songs. But at that time, that's what people were doing. And I think when streaming started kicking in and people start being able to create playlists and, you know, do short versions of everything, it just kind of made it a little easier to be like, okay, well, I don't like the whole thing. I'm going to just take this song, take this song, and this song. Oh yeah. Which is like, okay, cool. If that's all you gonna like, then why am I gonna give you all this at once if you're gonna, you know, pick through it anyways and keep moving? So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's wasting music, but at the same time, it's like it makes you work harder as an artist because it's like now you got to figure out more ways to deliver instead of just giving it all to them at once because they don't. Not everybody wants it all at once. Right. Right. And <laughs> going back to the the CD thing, like back then, you didn't really. Like you just had that one CD for however long you had it until you got another one, yeah. like you were saying. So you, people definitely sat with music a lot longer. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and that's the difference nowadays. Like people don't, they don't have that opportunity to sit with the music. Yeah. You know I mean? They don't, I mean, well, they don't have to, you know, they can right. if they want to, but it's like, they're so used to not doing it that it's just, everything is so, you know, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, <laughs> everything is just so, it, it's easy for them now, you know? Yeah, because it's like, I mean, obviously, people are going to want to, like, they'll go back to albums they like, but if they want to keep up with releases and keep up with what people are talking about, like, they're going to just go on to the next one. And it's not mm-hmm. even like a weekly thing anymore. It's like <laughs> a couple of days, there'll be a new album out or a new track out that people are like, yeah. oh, no, this is this is what we're listening to now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, man, you know, and it's, it's times where I'll be like, like, I'll listen to an album and I really, really like that album. But it'll be so much new music that comes out mm-hmm. that I just, you know, I, okay, well, I'm going to listen to this. Ooh, okay, I'm going to listen to that. Because I like to give everything a chance. If I like the artist, you feel me? I'm going to go listen to it. If I like the album, I'm going to listen to it. If I don't, it's like, eh, it was cool. And I just didn't, you know, but then my library, it gets so flooded <laughs> with new stuff that yeah. everything, that moves, then I go scroll down my library and be looking for, man, what else was I listening to? Yeah. And I forget, you know, and then I can't find it in my library. And I'm like, damn. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. then I got to make a playlist and, and, and anyways and move on. So, you know, I try to be a little more, you know, present with the music and everything in the times, especially when I like it. Yeah, that, it definitely gets harder in that sense because like you, I I forget even what albums came out this or in a year. Like yeah, <laughs> what I used yeah. to do was like just create a playlist of tracks that I liked throughout the year to remind me, but then that just gets messy halfway through the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was doing that for a while where I was just creating playlists and I was doing it for myself, but also doing it for other people. Mm-hmm. Like on Apple Music and Spotify, just sharing my playlist with people, you know, what I'm listening to. But then it just got to a point to where some, it, it was, you know, we had weeks at a time where it was music that I didn't even like. Yeah. So I just stopped for a while. And it was like, okay, well, it's it's out there, but it's not as in your face as it used to be, you know, back in the day where you can go to Hot New Hip Hop, mm-hmm. you can go to Dad Piff and all the new stuff is there. You feel me? And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. It's in your face. Nowadays, it's so much new music just all over the yeah. place. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's actually overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, you gotta really dig nowadays to, <laughs> to really yeah, like, yeah. figure out what to you actually things. like. Exactly. I keep, I always joke, like, 
every week because like there's new music every week i'm like yep well there's hella new music but i'm still listening to this album <laughs> like from mm-hmm. 10 years ago <laughs> exactly <laughs> and it's just but, but it's, 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 it's the only difference with that is like you've had a chance to to sit with it you have mm-hmm. had a chance to experience it which is why we go back to the music like the old music and stuff and we're like man I really like, you know, this album. This album is a classic. It had time to be a classic because you had time to sit with it. Yeah. Nowadays, it's hard to call this, this new stuff classics or anything like that. Like, oh, man, it's a classic. But you don't listen to it again. Yeah. You know, because there's so much coming out. But back then, it was like you really liked the music because you had a chance to experience it, sit with it, dissect it, digest it. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's kind of like it's a sampler. Okay, ooh, this, <laughs> this, this, this is so much. And it's like, damn, I didn't really get a chance to really indulge in this because it was so much new stuff that I wanted to take, you know, that I wanted to taste. Yeah, exactly. And like listening to new music nowadays, like, and then referring to music that I listened to in the past, I'm like, damn, there's, I don't really have that connection anymore. Cause like, mm-hmm. like you're saying, like there's so much new out there, but back then, like a few years ago, I would be just living life and have like songs in my head. Like, this is what I associate with what happened. And like, that's right, just right. not really a thing anymore. Like, at least to me, because there's not as many albums I sit with like as long for sure. Right, right. And yeah, like like you're saying, like hell people online just call albums classics like immediately. And I'm like, is it really a classic though? Like you're like, are you gonna go back to this in a, even next year and say it's like right. dope? And that's yeah. what I'm saying. So you know, and and you know, and just being an artist and everything, you got to think like how hard that is to, you know, it's hard to compete nowadays, you know, with music. So it's like, if you're not already there, you got a big budget to be able to stay in people's faces with advertising and everything like that, you kind of get lost in the sauce. So you got to keep on finding ways to, you know, to build on your audience, to, you know, get new people to listen to it. And especially right now during the pandemic, everything is online. It's hard to do shows. It's hard to Mm -hmm. be out and about and be present and stuff. So just, you know, we got to find different ways to be able to get in people's face. Oh yeah. Most definitely. Um, and uh, damn, I had something, but I forgot. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but I guess we can keep moving on then. Um, oh, yeah, it's all good. For the the next one you had after Muse Music was um, Till Death Do Us Part Two, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was uh, what's the idea behind that one? Um, so with that project, like I say, um, so I was working on I'm working on my album and everything that's coming, uh, Made Man. So that project is coming probably fall this year. Okay. Um, so what we were doing is I was just picking through songs for that and everything, just kind of recording, you know, just, you know, being in the moment, in the studio all the time, recording and everything. So I was putting records aside, like, okay, boom, this is kind of what I want the, want the theme to be. This is what I want it to sound like. And then I think, uh, like I was saying, when the pandemic happened, it was like, man, you know, it was, it kind of threw off our visual. We had plans of shooting visuals from, you know, I think March until like uh, May mm-hmm. and everything. And then when the pandemic happened, it, it closed outside for us. So we couldn't get these venues anymore. We couldn't, you know, really be together like we wanted to. So it was like, okay, cool. I can be in the studio and we can record, you know, so what are we going to do? So the big thing that we just decided was, okay, cool. We're already working. We got these songs and everything. Let's go in here and knock out some more songs and stuff. And let's put out another project. And me thinking about the project, I was like, man, okay, so this is supposed to be for made man. What am I doing with this? And the whole look, everything that I had from um, Tell Death to Us Part, the original, is kind of like a continuation of where I want to go for made man. So I was like, hmm, 
okay, well, I like the sound of this. You know, if you listen to uh, Tell Devil Does Part, it's kind of got um, like the Goodfellas, you know, it's got, uh, you know, those that type of feel, like those clips and everything at the beginning, you know, like I say, because it was lining up for Made Man. So I was like, man, you know what? This can be like a prequel mm-hmm. to Made Man. So what it is, is, you know, that, that feel, that boss feel, that, you know, mob, that, you know, that upper echelon feel to the music and stuff. So once we put it together, we just like, man, okay, this is, it's dope. It's a good project. Let's stamp it. So let's take Till Death Do Us Part theme and apply it to this. You know, mm-hmm. so when we do May Men, we just basically bounce off of that. You know, nice. so it just, you know, it came, it came out great. It came out good. I had the song Guidance. I had, um, what else is on there? I had uh, my song Pay Dues with uh, Big Rich on there. We were on uh, our trip and everything. And we just have these conversations, these real in-depth conversations. And sometimes I just hit record on my phone <laughs> just to record the conversation. So sometimes we're having informational conversations where it's like, okay, I need to come back to this and listen. And sometimes he's just giving game. And I'm just like, it was one of those times where he was just talking and giving us game on, you know, what he wanted for us. And I was like, man, you know, what he, he what he's saying is kind of more like, I'm not going to say boss, lot like boss talk, but what he's saying is, you know, being like, you know, I mean, I work with him as well. So it's like, that's my big bro. But then I work with him you know, with project level with the nonprofit and stuff like that. And what he was saying is more so like, yeah, you know, I do what I do, you know, yeah, not necessarily be our boss and just pay y'all, you know, I do what I do to put y'all in position, you know, cause my goal is to be able to get you guys to be what you want to be and be the best at that. You feel me? If I don't get you there, it don't matter about me giving you a paycheck or not. I'm doing you a disservice, mm. you know? And so I was like, damn, that's, that's real. You feel me? And you kind of take that mentality on where it's like the people you work with, you want them to be like, good i don't care about just giving you a paycheck just to do a job it's like nah if we're working together i want you to be great if i make a million dollars i'm gonna show you how to make a million dollars you know and if you're not learning how to make a million dollars you're not doing it then it's something i'm doing wrong you know or something that you're just not accepting so one way or another if i can get you there i did my job you know if i'm not learning and figuring out ways to get you there it's not working so i think just overall like i was saying you know just tell death to us part was i was in that mentality when I created that, but also just a little bit of forward thinking with that. Right. And it, it kind of sounds like um, when, when you went in, the whole team went in sort of deal, like you want to be able to put everyone on, but like not necessarily like give them like handouts, but like give them game and actually like be like, yo, this is what you need to do. Like, but in a supportive way. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, um, like the first single on there was a uh, guidance. And um, Guidance was a song um, that me and a young artist, NLS Honcho, did and stuff. And it was just a song where he was one of the young artists that I was working with at uh, Project Level. And I liked his style. He was, you know, he was a little rough rough around the edges. And I was just like, yo, I might got a record for you. You know, what I want you to do is, you know, the best way for me, I was like, I could sit in the studio with you and coach you all day. But I was like, the best way for me to help you get better is to put you on records with me. You know, you're young, so some of the stuff that you're doing is kind of like, it's raw. But if we bring it over here and we polish it a little bit, <clears throat> I think you could be a star. You know, so it worked out. You know, the guidance, uh, we shot a video for it. It did well. And that became one of the lead songs and stuff on the project and everything. So That's dope. Uh, and uh, then you brought up uh, Project Level. Uh, you want to talk about that one a little bit? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, um, Project Level is uh, a nonprofit organization in San Francisco, California, um, led by Big Rich and his wife, Danielle Banks. So basically, um, Project Level is is 
I'm trying to put it in lamest terms. So it's a um, it's an organization, basically a youth-based organization and stuff. So what we do is we specialize in music, um, entrepreneurship, dance, uh, fashion, what else? Uh, and film and photography as well. So it's basically like an art school almost, mm-hmm. art slash music school and everything for uh, for the youth from ages 13 to 24. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, cool. We're not exactly like the Boys and Girls Club or the YMCA or anything, but what we are is like basically a private organization where, you know, we help and we help get you to that next level. If we bring people in and you want to be a dancer, you come and you can train to be a dancer or anything. All the people, all the staff there, majority of the staff there was once students there. So as they get older and they turn 18, they get hired, then they run a department that they specialize in, you know? So, uh, like one of my little, my little sister and stuff, she does the dance department. Well, she was doing the dance department there at one point because she came up in the dance program and it was mm-hmm. like, man, it's hard to go out and find, you know, dance instructors. And it's hard also to find the budget to be able to pay these instructors and stuff, These, you know, and outsource because we're community-based. So, you know, we get funding from the city. So it's like, cool, you know what? We get grants and everything to help take care of the kids. We can pay the kids out of these grants and they pay, they give us money basically to pay them. And so what they do is, you know, cool. Now she's 18. When she turned 18, she took upon that job. So all the young kids, the high schoolers and the younger kids into that, she started teaching, working out and everything like that. So that became her job. You know, so we try and do that. We try and just keep it community based and stuff and just keep it circulating. You know, everything that we do, when you move up and you move on, somebody that you trained moves into your spot. So it's like each one teach one. And we keep on giving back to the community. We've, um, we do a lot of community things and a lot of community events with like the mayor um, from food giveaways to toy giveaways during the holidays, turkey giveaways and stuff. Um, nice. So, you know, I mean, we're just super involved in the community. I'm, I feel like I'm missing some things because yeah. we do so much, right. you know, um, we just had a whole uh, thing with forever 21 last year where we ended up getting into an incident with them at uh, one of their stores downtown Hmm. And it turned into like basically like racial profiling. So we ended up instead of suing them, uh, we had to sit down with them. Uh, and Rich and Danielle basically worked out a thing where we got equity in hmm. the Forever Twenty One brand to where they ended oh, up wow. giving us uh, uh, they ended up giving us a clothing line. So we had a clothing we have a clothing line through Forever Twenty One, and I think we're at for like two or three more seasons and stuff with them. So the first one sold out in like a week yeah. and everything. So all the proceeds come back to uh, project levels to the organization and stuff. So, I mean, you know, it's good. It also comes with like a scholarship, uh, project level scholarship. So for kids that want to go to school for fashion or want to intern and stuff like that, they are able to go down to the Forever 21 headquarters and get internships and stuff through our program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot. We work, you know, uh, two for OK Golden, uh, you know them. Right. Golden. So yeah, he's from San Francisco and everything. So we actually helped uh bridge him from, you know, his situation and got him signed. Oh shit. <laughs> as well. So he he came up through our program. Um he participated in our like we do a yearly thing which is called the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Which is a yearly like talent show and stuff that we do for the city. All kids come I think the pot was like five hundred dollars one year. It was like a thousand dollars the next year. And then we get like celebrity judges from, you know, radio DJs to, you know, industry A&Rs to celebrity like dancers, TikTokers and stuff like that. And we have them come and they judge the contest. And he ended up um, being in our contest. I think he might have came in second, uh, like the year he was there. And then he just came and he worked with us for the summer. 
and stuff before he went off to school. But we noticed his talent and everything. So with the connections and everything, they were big, rich, and all of them used, they kind of took that and they brought him to a situation where he was uh, he was able to sit down and he ended up getting a record label out of it. And right now, I mean, you know, got the hottest song in the country. So, yeah. you know. It, I mean, you know, it, you start at the bottom, you know, and we get to see it. So that's a uh, that's a good story that we're able to see. Yeah, that's that. That whole thing's dope, actually. Like, it it really just sounds like a really, really good creative yeah. space for the youth. Because honestly, I feel like a lot of times that's not really an option, or like that's not what we're told we can do. Right, right. Like, having that for them, it's it's dope. Like showing them that yo, you can still do something and be creative. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and that's what it is. I think it just gives them an outlet and stuff just to be able to do it, you know, from the music to the dance, because everybody doesn't have it, you know, so that's why I say it's not necessarily like the Boys and Girls Club where, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, you know, come here after school, hang out, go home. It's like, nah, you know, we, we work on weekends, we travel, we, uh, we do a lot. So if you're not really invested in this portion of what you really want to do, you know, it's, it's kind of hard just to treat it like a hobby because you can get left behind. So, you know, yeah. that's awesome. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to check y'all out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Project Level on um, Instagram and stuff like that. So we got, we got some good stuff. You can be able to check out some content on there for sure. Show. Um, and then stepping back again to um, to Death Do Us Part, and uh, you said that album was uh, Made Man, or when? when uh, it's yeah, out? yeah. Okay. So the album Made Man um, is set to come out uh, probably fall 2021. Okay, for sure. So it's in, it's in the process. We're working on that, mm-hmm. putting the blueprint and the skeleton and that stuff together. Nice. And would you recommend that uh, people go back and listen to Death Do Us Part uh, 1 and 2 before listening to Made Men? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so uh, Quiet as Kept, you know, um, Tell Death Do Us Part was actually my first solo mm-hmm. project. You know, so when I first started, you know, I, I, come, I came from a group, you know, Legends Live Forever and everything. So... Mm-hmm. You know, we did about seven projects as a group, and then we just decided to to go our set, not really go our separate way, but we decided to step out and do solo projects, solo ventures. You know, back in like 2013, and Tell Death was probably actually my first solo project. Oh. You know, it was uh 17 songs. You know, I mean, when I look back on it now, I'm like, damn, I probably could have did with like you know 10 songs instead. <laughs> but back then, it was like I was just so juiced to work by myself. You know, and like the challenge was, you know, when you're in a group, it's easy to do a verse here, a hook here, mm-hmm. verse here, hook there. But when you, you know, work it by yourself and now you're a solo artist, now I need three verses and a hook myself, two verses and a hook myself. You know, it, it, it challenged me to work a little harder. So I think when you go back and listen, you'll hear some songs. And you're like, OK, I see where he was going with this. And some of me like, OK, yeah, I was in there having fun, you know, but I think uh, if you want to go back, if, you know, if anybody wants to go back and listen to that, I definitely would recommend it so you can kind of see just the mindset I was in, you know, but also you can hear the growth, right. you know, you can hear how like much better. I mean, obviously, you know, I feel like I got 10 times better since then, but I feel like my concepts, the music and everything was there. It was good. Uh, the creativity was good, you know, and stuff like that. But I feel like just the whole presence of my music and everything has just gotten better every project since then. Oh, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, there's always growth. So <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> That's dope. Um, so yeah, I'll, Definitely be sure to check and go in that chronological order for sure with that one then. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then you followed up Muse Music with Muse Music 2 later on in the year. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that one, I think, when did it come out? Like October? Uh, it ended up coming out in um, November. Okay. And was that just like uh, just meant to be a proper follow up to um, the other one earlier in the year? Uh, basically, basically, yeah. It was, uh, you know, we were working on it and stuff. We had the records, and I was just kind of figure out. Um, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do exactly with those records at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, okay, cool. We're putting them in these uh, places and everything. I didn't really know if I wanted them to go on free play four because mm-hmm. I had so many. And I was like, man, you know what? Nah, I want to keep free play four kind of, you know, almost like a tell Dev do us part poster board tour where I wanted to be able to rap more and just, you know, we had a lot of songs, a lot of collaborations and everything, um, you know, with the R and B artists. And we were just like, okay, you know what? Let's try and cut back on some of those um, features and just be more of yourself, put more you onto Free Play 4. So what we did is we kind of just compiled the songs that we had, you know, originally for uh, the Muse Music 2. And we were like, okay, cool, let's structure some, um, you know, and let's take it down. I think we only had five instead of doing another six, seven. We were just like, okay, cool, let's keep it at five since we're going to double back with mm-hmm. the Free Play 4. You know, we're going to give them another 10. So we don't want to oversaturate it and just give them a whole bunch of stuff. So we was like, okay, cool. Music, music two is right on time. It's, it's fall coming in. People are gonna be with you know with the ladies. It's the holidays coming up. They'll be able to just you know vibe a little bit. So you know, I think I think that was a good move for that. Yeah, that for sure makes a lot of sense. <laughs> keep yeah, it yeah, uh, and then, keep it quick and light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you know, I had dropped the first single on that, um, straight to the point. And that song was a uh, it was a, it was a great song. It was something that was like, okay, cool. It's gonna be the first single. You know, and I realized I was like, man, okay, well, music music two coming. Let's just make this the joint. Let's shoot the video. Let's mm-hmm. put it out. Let's get people, you know, talking about it first before we drive. You know, we were starting to get to the end of the month. We were like, okay, it's October now. What we doing? <laughs> you feel me? So, uh, yeah, like I was saying, you know, pandemic and all of that stuff kind of just, you know, it, it was throwing us off a little bit with the shelter in place because it wasn't allowing us to be able to shoot visuals. It wasn't allowing us to be we needed to be to make the things happen with the plans that we had. So, you know, we were able to work around it, you know, uh, I looked at a couple of friends and everything that pulled some strings for us and made the videos and stuff happen. So what it did, it did is it helped us out, you know, getting that single off and then just putting us in position to be like, okay, cool. We're in a good position to drop now, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then, yeah, I can imagine the pandemic just kind of really, yeah. You, like you said, threw a wrench in <laughs> the whole thing. Um, right. Right. Did that change any like any of the recording process at all? Because I mean, I know you said your studio was still open, right? Right. Did that have any effect on that part? Mm, not really. Not really. Um, what it did is it kind of um, like they limited some of our hours and everything in our studio building, sure. you know, because we got a studio and stuff that we rent out and everything. So it just it went from being open till three a.m. to ten p.m. Oh damn! So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I, uh, I share the studio and stuff with another with a couple other group mates. Mm-hmm. and stuff so when we go it's like okay cool some days you know he's working they're working until 10 or 9 it's like okay cool i gotta get in there but then also i work myself sometimes so i have to be on zoom calls you know i gotta be certain places where i don't get off you know and then i gotta be there and okay i'll go to the studio at 8 but i've only gotten 8 to 10 to try and yeah. knock it out now you know so it's like when you're used to sitting there for a couple hours and knocking out songs and just having that freedom, it kind of just puts a, a restraint on that where it's like, okay, cool. I got to be a little more, you know, selective and diligent about knocking out this stuff. You know, right. so, I mean, that's all really, but it is just, you know, when you, when you're trying to make it happen, you got to make it happen. It happens. 
for sure. Yeah, I can imagine like that definitely makes you makes the process a little bit different. You're probably putting in a little more thought into it before you even head mm-hmm. into the studio. <laughs> Absolutely. And just having things ready. Like, you know, I don't need I can't I don't have time to sit in the studio for four hours and, you know, finish up. It's like, nah, I mean, we at home, you know, I got this idle time, get the writing, write the song. So we come here and we're just recording. We're right. you know, we're executing when we get there. Yeah, it kinda reminds me how um I think I was talking I, I remember what I was talking to about it before now, but like back in the day, like when people, when you had to be like pay for studio time, like this is all the time you had, yeah. you had to be like ready and just bust it out. <laughs> yeah. It'd be times where, you know, and I'm, I, you know, I, I try and use that uh, sometimes to my advantage where I'm just like, okay, well we're paying monthly. So, you know, it allows us a little more freedom, but at the same time, it's like, nah, you know, sometimes that's too much freedom. You know, you get, you get relaxed, you get lazy. And it's like, nah, man, you know, we got to keep ourselves on a schedule. So sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'm going to the studio at this time and I want to leave by this time. Mm-hmm. If I come in here, I have to at least have a song written and recording every single day that I come in here. So it's kind of like pushing myself to do that at least one. I know some people are like, oh, I go in the studio, I do four songs, I do eight songs. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. like Everyone's if I can different. come in and I can, yeah, exactly. If I can come in and knock out one good song, you know, per day, then I'm like, okay, cool. I'm in good shape. I feel productive today. Right. Yeah, because I mean, like everyone, yeah, everyone has their own way of recording and getting stuff done. Like, like some people just go in and put out a bunch of songs. They won't all necessarily right. make it to a project, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, yeah, like it sounds like you're more purposeful in what you try to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then going into free play, uh, the free play series, uh, it just in general, uh, was that meant to just be more of like rap focused again or was it meant to be kind of a mix of a little bit of everything um so originally uh you know with the free play you know the whole brand and everything that i uh i started when i first did it was more so just like it was it was a free ride you know so mm-hmm. what i wanted to do is at first i was coming in and i was just doing so many not so many songs but i was just free writing i was doing songs and i'm like okay cool i like this okay i like that it was like really a collection of things that I had been doing, you feel me, mm-hmm. over the years, you know, not over the years, you know, excuse me, over that year when I was doing it. So it was like, sometimes I might have these people like that I wouldn't necessarily work with on like an album, but I put them on a free play series because mm-hmm. it was like, cool, I can, it allows me to go out and work with other people when we're not really just so focused on one thing, you know? So I think, uh, but also also making it all the way up to, you know, free play four, you know, I kind of use the energy from the Tell Death Wheels part two, where it was like a lot of people said that they liked what I did there. You know, they liked the combination of music. They liked the style. They liked, you know, when I was just hearing me rap more and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I was like, okay, cool. You know what? I'm giving y'all these muse musics and everything. So I'm giving y'all the smooth stuff here. So I don't really have too much of that on um, the free play four. So I wanted to really just concentrate more on just giving people full body songs, you know, rapping more and just giving them an experience. Right. So kind of like, it's kind of like a compilation sort of thing, like yeah, uh, yeah. just the the tracks that may not necessarily fit on a particular album. Mm-hmm. And but I think this, like with this one, like with Free Play Four, I think I was a little more intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, we, where it was like, okay, cool. You know, I, um, I break it down into like like sports, like basketball and stuff. Yeah, where it's like, okay, cool. In the first quarter, you kind of get in the feel of it. The second quarter, you make sure you know. You focus on your mistakes. You focus on like if you go back, replay two was only about five songs. So that was the first time I just was like, okay, cool, it's five songs. Yeah, I think that's kind of me personally one of my favorite ones too. Mm-hmm. So 
I got straight to the point with it. I just didn't go out there and pick songs and be like, okay, cool. Let's put a collection of songs. Let's arrange them. Let's make it sound good. It was like, nah, we crafted every single song on there to make sure that we were good. So in basketball, it's like you, like the Warriors, the Warriors would be going out there doing anything, shooting threes, running plays. Second quarter, it comes in, they kind of focus a little more on the defense, keeping the game close. And then the third quarter, they come out and they score a bunch. You know, free mm-hmm. play three, I gave you a whole bunch of different styles. I was trying things. I was trying auto-tune. I was trying working with live instruments more, you know, on that when I was trying, you know, just a lot of different things and stuff. So with free play four, it was like, okay, cool. This is the fourth quarter. This is a stretch. This is when, you know, the game matters, you know? Yeah. So with this project, I tried to be a little more intentional with what I put out with the, um, the songs, the structure, the features, the specific features, you know, the first half, if you notice, um, you know, listening to it, the first half, I really only have one song with features on it because of, you know, just the structure of the song, but also we wanted to have literally the first half with no features, just all me, because I've been doing features all year. Right. You know, so in the second half, it's like, okay, cool. We can intentionally put these features here to make the music good, you know? So, I mean, you know, just so people don't think I'm just putting songs together. It's definitely been, yeah, it's definitely been, you know, sketched out and just, you know, colored in along the way. Right. There's a process for sure. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, like yours, uh, with free play four, um, I know you were like making that, uh, the basketball reference or well, the, with the quarters is mm-hmm. this isn't the last one though, is it? Um, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, you know, at a point it was like, okay, cool. I just want to do four and you know, it's going to be the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm thinking about it, you know, I might, uh, bring more to the table depending on you know, where we go and everything and where we end up with the music. I got a lot of other stuff playing mm-hmm. and everything. So if it does come back, it'll be like, you know, an extended version, you know, an extended overtime version <laughs> of something, you know, where we come in and we win it. So for sure. But if not, uh, you know, it's, it, it might be coming to an end, but I don't want, you know, I don't want to leave it there. But, oh, it's the last one because, you know, who <laughs> knows? I might next year be like, man, I need to, it's like a free play, you know? Right. <laughs> nothing's off the table <laughs> yeah nothing's off the table but i definitely want to keep it to where it's like you know we don't we don't drag it on too long to you know free play seven free play right. 13 and <laughs> you know we're definitely not going that far with it could definitely be a shift for sure um and yeah, i mean obviously i did the review for this one so i have a lot more to say about it but um right right all good this um i really liked it like it even though like it may like based on what we're saying, like it may feel more of just a compilation. Like it, it definitely does feel focused. Like there's structure to it and it all mm-hmm. flows just really well. Um, but yeah, no, I, <laughs> all I'm, I'm going to say about it is it was dope and people need to check it out. <laughs> Cause yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Other than that, that. I'm just going to be reiterate, reiterating my review. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, and then, you know, even like your review, I mean, you know, I definitely appreciated that, you know, because we sent it out to people we wanted to do is like, I mean, obviously, you know, we took the different approach where we didn't put it on streaming platforms this time because, I mean, we all know as as artists and everything, like a lot of the, um, a lot of the consumers don't realize that, you know, they stream our music and stuff like that. And they're like, man, I was listening to it. I was listening to it. It's like, that's great. But we don't really get paid super, you know, well, unless we're Drake. You know, unless we these big artists that are signed to labels that's getting a lot of money behind them. So when you're independent, you know, unless you got a huge fan, pay, fan base that's playing your music, you know, hundreds of thousands of times, 
you know, it's kind of like you getting the short end of the stick. So we put thousands of dollars into the music a year. And it's like, you know, I looked at some of my, uh, you know, some of my balances, you know, from my streaming. And I'm just like, damn, man, I just did all of that. You feel me? I can make more than that going to work, right. you know? So it's really not necessarily about the money all the time. It's more so about the music. Like, I like making good music, but it sucks when, you know, you go out there and you putting all that stuff together. And it's really just like, it feels like nobody is listening. You feel me? Yeah. Like people talk about it and everything. I mean, I know it's about, you know, just working, but at the same time, it's like when we did it and we was like, okay, cool. You know, what do we, what can we do that's different? I've been right. listening to, you know, the Nipsey Hustles. I've been listening to the Ryan Leslie's and reading, you know, how they did it and how they go out there and touch bases with their fan base from Ryan Leslie's app, the Superphone, which is like, okay, cool. Let's incorporate that. Yeah. Nipsey Hustle used the mailbox money, you know? So it's like, okay, cool. You know what? He used that for mailbox money and it worked for him. He was selling CDs for a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? So I mean, you know, I don't not like that. I don't think I'm Nipsey Hustle. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna sell a thousand dollar CD, hundred dollar CD. But I'm like, why not? Why yeah. not? You feel me? I put a lot of I put the work in, I put the effort in. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to like stop devaluing the music. We give out so much music for free mm-hmm. just to get pennies and stuff. And it's like, mm. You know, what can we do? You know, back in the day when I was selling CDs, we were selling CDs for $10 a pop. You know, it was a little more, it was better. Because people bought the CD because they appreciated the music. You feel me? They wanted to support you. So I was like, okay, cool. If people still feel like that, they want to support and they want to, you know, support the music and everything, they'll pay for it. You know, right. I don't want to hit, hit people over the head and be like, oh, give me $50 for a CD just because I feel like I can. It's like, nah, you know, $25 is pretty decent, you yeah. know. So we're charging $25 for the CD, but we're also bundling it with, you know, T-shirts, sweatshirts and stuff like that, where it's like, okay, cool. It's a little more incentive. It's not just the music. You can buy a sweatshirt, you know, and it'll come with the CD. You know, you can buy uh, a T-shirt and everything, and the music is attached to it. I just want to have an experience to where people come and they want to listen to music because they know it's going to come with something else besides the music. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I definitely feel that because, I mean... I, I know that most people would be like, why would I buy the music when I can just get off streaming? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, And it's like, I mean, that, that's a convenience thing. You feel me? And that's, that's great. It's like, that's cool. It'll be there eventually. But yeah. I'm like, until then, it's like, you know, if you care that much and you really want to listen to it, you, I mean, I'm pretty sure you don't mind paying for it. You right. know, because if you want to go to a concert and stuff like that, you're not just getting in the concert for free because you want to go see Drake. <laughs> You got you got to pay for the concert. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, <laughs> if you want to go listen to a Jay Z album, like it's on title, it's on things like that. Yeah, but if you want this version of Jay Z and you got to pay for it, you'll go listen to it and you'll go pay for it because you want to hear it right now. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I think like like you were saying, that's one of the things that a lot of like the general public and consumers don't really recognize. Like, yeah, streaming is hella convenient, but right, the artists get paid pennies. <laughs> So like, yeah, yeah. Like most people be making money just actually like when you buy the physical copies or buy merch, and mm-hmm. it sucks even more now because no one can tour. So it's like yeah, yeah. So it's like we got to figure out a way. Like you know, one of my boys hit me, um, and he's over in Germany right mm-hmm. now, and he's kind of like uh, you know, he was looking for the album, and you know, he went, he was on my band camp, he was everywhere looking. He's like, man, where the album at? Mm-hmm. So he was buying my other stuff up. He was just like, man, I bought the the music, I bought this, and I bought that, but he was like how can I get the album? And I was like, oh, bro, you got to da 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 And he was like, okay, well, where can I stream it so I can make sure you get your streams? And I was like, nah, man. And I had to break it down for him, like, forget the streams right now. Right. You feel me? Like, literally the streams at the end of the day are to make money. 
regardless of how we want to look at it, yeah. like the love of the music, it don't matter how many streams you got. If you love the music, you can have zero streams and the music be great. You can have a hundred thousand streams and the music be terrible. So once we take out the streaming, it's like, how much do you want to listen to the music? You mm-hmm. know? So I think that's kind of what we did. And we just was like, man, if you really want to listen to it, you know, buy it. But also it gives you the incentive to want to go buy some merch too. So we just find different ways to balance it and just keep the, you know, keep the fans and supporters involved. But also at the same time, you know, you should make some money so we can keep going. You know, it's an oh, yeah. expensive game. For sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, if we're making our money just to be able to at least like as of right now, stay afloat, not stay afloat, but be able to keep doing it where we print CDs, we're making, um, shirts you know we're doing merch and everything like that but if we can make money to just keep putting back in that and not have to keep on coming out of our everyday money mm-hmm. that we got to use to pay rent and bills and stuff like that it's like it makes it it moves a little easier you know that way when we can pay for ourselves yeah that's for sure and that, that's another thing that you you touched on that a lot of people also forget like independent artists still got day jobs <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, it's some that get lucky and are able to quit their day job, but it's like, you know, not all of us are that lucky yet. Right. <laughs> like most people still be, still got to work their they nine to five and mm-hmm. still put out music. Yeah. Yeah. We still got to keep the lights on. We still got to pay for that studio time. You know, mm-hmm. we still got to, you know, we still got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, now moving on or moving past uh free play four with this year, I know you already mentioned that you have um, your album coming out later on this year, but do you have, are you trying to try to at least meet last year's goal of five projects or are you just trying to keep it focused on the um, album? I'm focused on the album. Uh, I do have a, a couple other ventures and everything that I'm working on as well. So um, we got a couple projects. Oh my God, Pussy, you mm-hmm. feel me? He's on the project. Uh, me and him got a bunch of songs and everything. So me and him are coming out with a project called Life and Time. Okay. So that might come sometime like spring. Uh, me and King Tahoe, you know, me and him got a project and everything in the works that we're working on right now. Uh, but then also I'm just working, you know, almost on my, you know, throwing my executive hat on. I got other artists and stuff that I'm working with, you know, Yassi, um, he's got a project coming out, Girls Like You, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to put a date on that. That might be coming right Valentine's Day or something. Uh, then I got a young artist named Yane. She's on the album as well and stuff. So we're working on her project and everything, getting her back in the mix. And so, you know, I got a uh, free play music group. Free play music group is going to be something that is going to be coming out. You kind of the first one outside of the circle to hear about that. Oh, so that's you know, so exclusive. We'll, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, basically, it's just gonna be you know extension of the Legends Live Forever brand, and basically, and just having another entity to be able to you know sign artists and push artists through and everything. So, we're working on a few things right now. I, I can't really talk about too too much in depth until you know it kind of starts happening. But you know, I don't want to uh, you know I want to block our blessings <laughs> for sure. And no, that's that's dope because. Um... That was one thing that I was actually going to mention. Like everyone that you had featured on Free Play Four was just dope, and they all fit really well. So it's right, not like because right. I mean, you, you every once in a while you got like albums where there's features that you're like, oh, why'd they put this dude on it? It just doesn't fit. But like everything worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's dope to hear that they're all going to be part of whatever. What the uh, they're all going to be part of the next venture. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I think with me, um, you know, I'm big on that. I'm big on you know, doing what fits, you know, I'm not really big on just going out and getting artists and stuff like that just to, you know, oh, they got a name. So I want right. to put them on the song. It's like, I don't really care about that. You can, if the music ain't good, it's not good. You know, I'm, I'd rather, you know, work with people that sound good. We match good. We got good chemistry and we put out good music and stuff like that. Cause that's how, you know, people that listen to it and they can tell you feel me when you just plug somebody in and put a verse in there, 
aside from when you actually work with these people and you know your chemistry is good so you know i'm big on that yeah and that's dope too because like once i mean it's kind of like i mean it's gonna sound like putting them on but like you kind of are but also it's yeah. giving people exposure to other dope artists that they probably might not have heard of before yeah and, and and i'm big on that as well like you know when we were coming up you know in our group with let's live forever like you know we used to go around and want to get we was trying to get signed we used to go around to everybody giving our cds you know our flyers pulling up at shows everywhere you know and it was like nobody really wanted to give us that chance you know for whatever reason they just kind of like they just didn't i mean you know they didn't like it i don't i don't know what it was but right. you know like big rich was one of the first ones to be like man i like your hustle i like what you're doing you know i'm gonna try to come mess with me and he brought us on his worker label and everything and kind of just was giving us guidance to just let us hang let us be a part of the team it gave us a, a chance to be a part of something that was already moving and I learned a lot, you know, mm -hmm. so I feel like, you know, I don't know. I feel like that's my due diligence to make sure, you know, whatever game I got and whatever opportunities that I can help put other people in position to win. Like if you're working for it, you deserve that. And I feel like if ain't nobody going to give it to you, I want to be the person that at least, you know, share some light on that if I can. Right. Kind of like paying it forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, because sometimes, I mean, you know, you might not, you know, you might listen to a song and be like, oh, man, this song is cool. You know, who is this artist? Like, you know, Yane, mm -hmm. like she's on the album. Uh, she was on uh, Tell Dip to a Spark on our song, uh, Can't Fuck With Us. And they was like, man, who's the, who's the chick on there? Who's the, and then it was like, hey, she kind of ripped y'all. And, <laughs> that, it, you know, it's all good. I'm not tripping you. Feel me? I mean, you know, that don't bother me. To me, it's like, it's a good look because now, the, you know, my young artist, my young protege and everything is is getting listened to by other people. Yeah. So when she drops her own songs, they're more willing to listen to her because they heard how she gassed us on the phone. They're like, oh, no, she got talent. You know what I mean? You know, she's not just another girl rapping. She's actually talented, you know, so I just release if I can do that. Other than that, you know, my crowd, she's young, so they don't really look at her like they want to listen to her music because it's, it's just not in their age group. But then when they hear awesome stuff with me, it's like, OK, cool. It's not about her age. It's about her her music, you know, and I feel like when they fit that mode, it's like, you know, it shouldn't be no barriers with that. Yeah, because obviously people always like, well, not necessarily, but. Sometimes people will go into artists and they'd be like, oh, just based on appearances, like, I don't know if I'm going to be into that and mm -hmm. just kind of skip over them based off of that. But giving them the like, like you're saying, like she's a little bit younger. So having her on the project definitely opens older heads, <laughs> ears open. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure yeah, yeah. You know, and so sometimes, I mean, you know, I don't want to expose her to, to too much, you know, past her, her era and her age group and everything, because I think that kind of that can happen. Like, we would be yeah. rich. It was like we were young. We were, you know, under 21 and stuff. So by the time we, you know, got to be 21, we were all the way with him all the time. You know, and he was performing at, you know, bigger than, you know, at that time, he was like the biggest artist in San Francisco, down in the Bay Area at that time when we got there. And it was like, but what it did for us, I feel like personally, it, it helped. It, we ended up alienating our own audience to go get a new audience. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So it was like we went to the older crowd. Okay. We went to the older crowd. And we kind of left the younger crowd. So when it was time to go back to the younger crowd, it was a, a, a little bit of a disconnect because we missed, you know, we missed a month. We missed a year or something of growth with them. So we had to, like, go back and gain them back instead of them just growing with us the whole time. So I wanted to be able to be like, OK, cool. She got to experience this, but she got to take that maturity back to her age. group. You know, now she's somebody that they look up to, even though she's a peer. Right. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, because. You can definitely alienate some people for sure. Right, right. So, like, you know. Especially when uh, like especially when your audience is a little bit younger. Like if you switch up on them, like, you don't want to like they may not stick around. 
and bringing yeah, it back is not the easiest thing for sure. Yeah, you know, so I think just being more mindful of that when we uh, create and stuff is a big thing. Yeah, yeah, because there's definitely been artists for me where like, like I, I I would listen to them like early on, and then I mean, obviously they're back then I was like maybe thirteen, fifteen, and they're yeah. already in their thirties, so like obviously they're gonna have different like outlooks on life and different experiences that I won't necessarily connect with until I get older. But, yeah. I mean, the, man, the Jay-Z effect, man, you know, <laughs> when I was young, it was like Jay-Z was cool, but I didn't really care for it. But as I got older, I got to high school mm-hmm. and I started hearing things like the blueprint, you know, I started hearing things like the black album and I yeah. was like, okay, now nah, I kind of relate to this more. So as I got older and became an adult, I went back and listened to reasonable doubt. I went mm-hmm. back and listened to life and times as a, as a whole project. And I was like, man, nah, he was really giving us game. He was really talking about some stuff that was over our head. You know, now as an adult, I go back and listen to it. And it's like, you know, I listen to the Jay-Z's, the Nipsey Hussles, the Nas's, and I just, the, the perspectives and everything are a lot different now that I'm older and a little more mature now to understand it and I've experienced life. For sure, yeah. Like, it's, and that's, that's, that's another thing that I don't know that a lot of people are doing nowadays, like going back mm-hmm. to old albums and like really like listening to them like that right i mean it's definitely a thing that i feel people should do to uh i mean not necessarily just for to understand hip-hop but like to really understand themselves and what other options there are Mm -hmm. out there like you know just get get more game (laughs) no absolutely i think um i don't know man i think you know everybody should you know i think even if it's not something that you don't like necessarily i mean you know like people would have you heard about the uh, Young Thug situation where he had that interview and he was just like, oh, you know, Jay-Z don't got 30 songs, 30 hits. <laughs> and I think people, you know, misinterpreted that. Like, if you watch the interview, he was sound like, uh, Jay-Z's got 30. I mean, don't got 30. But he wasn't saying specifically Jay-Z. Yeah, he was he just, just using threw a name out there. Yeah, threw a name out there. And everybody was like, oh, you need to shut up. You need to do this. But it's like, nah, man, you know, if Lil Wayne was his artist that he looked up to growing up, I know kids, like, that are younger that looked up to Soldier Boy. Yeah, I mean, looked up to Bow Wow and stuff like that because they don't, they didn't, they weren't exposed to that. It's okay, you know, but it's okay yeah. for you to expose them. And be like, nah, bro, check these out right here, mm-hmm. you know. Instead of just lashing out at them, and be like, you're stupid, you don't know, nah, man, you know, game them up, let them know something. Yeah, it's like every, like everything I saw about that was everyone just like straight up attacking him, and I'm like, you, people just kind of go off the headlines a lot of times. <laughs> Right. Like everyone's like, oh, Thugger said Jay Z ain't got no songs that people listen to. I'm like, no, that's not what he said. <laughs> right, right, right. Like you're just kind of comparing himself and what happens in shows to like other people that are that he's on tour with. Right, and right. Thugger's just in that in that position where people happen to know all his songs. Like he could have mm-hmm. also been in the same position where people know like half of like three of his songs. <laughs> right, right, right. And that's just, I say, you know, you got to look at everything for face value. You don't look at everything for what it is oh he's he you know digging deep he dissing hip-hop nah man he just you know i mean uh jay-z you know it, it kind of just was like that like it's okay like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean no harm <laughs> yeah uh, um i think so we went through all your projects i think that's mostly all i got um is there any other last things you want to let the listeners know um man uh we're working hard, you know, we're working real hard out here. So, you know, uh, working on the music, free play four is out now, you know, you definitely have to come to me to get mm-hmm. it. You know, uh, we're using our super phone, the text and make sure we stay in touch with our fans and supporters. 
Um, so if you want to be involved, 419-518-5458, text me. Let me know that you want the album. You know, let me know that you're interested in the music and we can connect from there. Because what I want to be able to do, I just want to be able to connect with my fans and stuff, man. I want to connect with supporters and people that actually care. It's one thing to have social media. You know, I got thousands of followers on social media, but I don't, I don't, I don't have, you know, thousands of dollars that match that. You feel me? Right. So it's like people that support it, it's like, cool. I don't necessarily need your money, but I need to know that I've got people that support me. You know, it's, it's going to be things that we do on there attached. I might be doing giveaways and stuff, you know? Oh, well, you know, I like the way, you know, y'all been supporting me, you know, y'all have given me X amount of dollars. You feel me? Here's a shirt. Here's a ticket to a show we got coming up, you know, but I want to be, I don't want to sit on Instagram and social media and advertise all the time. You feel me? I'd rather talk to people directly. Hey, what's up? I got a small venue, you know, it only hold about 30 people. I got 20 people right now on my contact list. Can you make the show? You feel me? I want to give y'all the tickets first before I throw it online for mm -hmm. people to just come be social. And I want people that actually have been listening to my music to come enjoy the show, a live show, get an experience and stuff like that. So that, that's the whole point of me using the super phone is to, you know, to find that. I mean, I wish I would have been doing it a long time ago <laughs> because it would have helped. Like, I've been on two tours and stuff. And I think that if I would have been able to do that, I'd be able to um, connect with a lot more people aside from social media. You know, social media goes like people go blank on there. Sometimes it's good. Mm -hmm. Some people do de deactivate their pages. You know, once they disappear off social media, we lose contact. Yeah, and having that like just straight up direct conversation with people definitely is a. I don't know. I feel like it's a better way. Well, not a necessarily a better way, but a different way to mm -hmm. talk to your fans and really connect. And and I feel like the people who would actually like sign up and like text you through that are the people who would really are like those fans that are like that are there for you. <laughs> like Absolutely. they're gonna be there supporting you no matter what. So Absolutely, and it's. It's people on there. I mean, I got family that text me, my cousins and stuff. And they like, because they want to support. They want, like, man, what can I do? You know, and me being me personally, I'm like, man, nah, cause it's all good. Pull up on me. I got a shirt for you. <laughs> and pull up on me. I got, you know, I just, and, uh, but, you know, one of my, uh, my other cousins, she was like, ah, man, you know, what do you want me to do? Like, you want me to text you? Okay, I'm going to text you. Okay, you want me to order something from the website? I'm going to order it from the website because that's what's going to help your business. Not me pulling up on you and just giving you money. Like, that's not move, helping your business move forward. It is, but it's not. If you're trying to find something, if you're trying to like centralize it to here, let me be a part of that. And let me, let me, you know, let me help move your business there. If you got inventory, let me add to your inventory. I don't want to take off of what you're doing business wise because it's not going to help you be successful in the future. And I was like, okay, I understand that. You know, let's get it. Yeah. That's dope. All right. Well, we're about to get up out of here. Um, okay. So everyone make sure to check out all the projects that you dropped this year. Uh, yeah. well, last year now i guess uh yeah, right, boy right. detroit 2 muse music uh till death do us part 2 muse music 2 and free play 4 uh, remember you got to hit them up to listen to free play 4 you can't just find it on streaming we're going direct to consumer with that one um but yeah be sure to listen to all his music follow troy on instagram and twitter for updates on that i'm i'm assuming <laughs> yeah yeah for updates on that at troy lls all one word um, you know, and like I said, we still got songs and we still got music everywhere, you know, on all the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Google Play, whatever, SoundCloud, at Troy LLS. Look it up. If you're looking, you know, if you want a reason to go buy the new one, go look back on something that I dropped already. If you like it, you know, come holler at me about the new one. Sure. Well, thank you so much, Troy, for hopping on and talking about your music last year and what you got planned on going on uh, in 2021. <laughs> 
Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me, and I really appreciate it. My first interview of the year. <laughs> that's that's what's up. All right, I appreciate it. All right, well, thank you everyone for listening and watching, and please stay safe out there. Uh, see you, Troy. All right, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.